We are in this awesome series at the moment called Jesus is Better. And uh, Pastor Nate and Rach are on, in Port Macquarie and we are uh, loving that they're getting a weekend away with their family, which is so good. I'm sure they're watching online. Hi, Pastor Nate, Pastor Rach. We've got it all under control, right? It's all happening well and we are good to go. And that's really cool. Um, and I was thinking about this message today and how the best way to kick off Jesus is better than money. Jesus is better than money. And I was like, right, in my mind, I've got three options. The first one came today because um, Richard Thomas thought that Beck and I should do a duet about money, 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 and that we could do like the full, like, other bits. I reckon that would have been cool. Didn't think of that till, t- no, back Beck's out. I would have been able to find someone to help me. Ben, you would have done it, wouldn't you, <laughs> Oh, oh, thank you, Julie. Next time. Then I thought, all right, I'm going to get like a whole bunch of $100 bills and I'm just going to set them on fire and like burn them in front of us. And I thought two things are going to go wrong. Lots of things are going to go wrong with that scenario. I'll probably burn the whole building down and then we'll be in really big trouble. We'll have flood and fire. You know, Jesus walked through the flood, walked through the fire. We can do all of that. So I decided not to do that. And um, then I decided, well, you know how some people, like I know Kale, he collects like coins and you have like heaps of, like not collects forever, but they just sort of add up and you've got a jar of coins and I was going to bring a jar of coins and like throw them out into the congregation. And then I thought that I'm going to hit somebody in the eye for sure or break that camera and I would have been in a lot of trouble, right, Pete? And we would have, yeah. So I decided to do none of the above. That's cool, right? Um, But I do want to acknowledge that not everyone is comfortable talking about money in church. Some of you have already put up a wall and decided that, oh, here they go. They're talking about money again. They want more of my hard-earned cash. And uh, I'm just not cool with that and I don't want to hear it. And so we do. We put up walls when we hear us talking about money. And for others, it is a topic that can cause some fear or anxiety around, you know, I'm not comfortable because I'm worried about money. It's something that, that worries me day to day. And for others, you're quite happy to talk about money. Whatever. Yep, great money. So we've got, it's, it's good to acknowledge that there's lots of different thoughts and feelings in the room, right? And I just wanted to put it out there that I'm no expert. Yes, I have an accounting degree. I should be an expert, but I'm not. Um, and I haven't used my accounting degree for a little while now, so I feel like I'm okay to say that. Um, but the cool thing is that I don't need to be, and neither do you. None of us do. Because we know that the Bible talks extensively on money. Did you know, fun fact, did you know that there are over 2,000 verses about money in the Bible? 2,000. And also including topics of wealth, greed, contentment, and anything like that that pertains to our financial and spiritual lives. So today I'm just going to read you those 2,000 scriptures and then we're going to go home and we're going to be better. Yep. We're good for that. Excellent. So the first one is from... I am going to tell you a story. I uh, was on a mission trip in Indonesia in, I think it was 2007, was just before I had Charlotte. Were you born in 2008? Excellent. It was 2007. 
And I really wanted to buy some scarves from this local uh, vendor, like a market vendor. So in Indonesia, you know, they've got lots of different markets around the place and this was one that I wanted to buy some. And I'd been looking around at a number of different vendors and had set my sights on this particular one. Cool. And I knew that the, some people who were in our group had already purchased some scarves from this particular person. I knew they were good quality. I was happy with it. Now, I'm not a good negotiator at all. I hate haggling. Um, it makes me really nervous. And so it just was like really playing on me, this whole idea. I'm, I don't like to haggle over things because I'm worried that I'm going to rip somebody off. On the other hand, I also don't like to be ripped off. Um, so I'm in a predicament when it comes to these things. But it's very normal to haggle in, in Indonesian culture. So I felt pretty bad about that, but I was like, no, I'm, I built myself up, I had confidence, I'd worked out how much I was willing to pay for these scarves. I had it in my mind. I was like, no, I'm just going to, I'm set, I don't need to worry about that, I know exactly what I want to pay. Cool. So I went down to the market, I can still feel that like nervous energy of when I went down, it might just be because I'm preaching, but I'm pretty sure it was because of the like feeling that I was having to go down to this vendor. And I was super worried about it, but I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And I said to the vendor, I would like to buy 10 of your scarves, please. How much would that be? And he said to me, for you, 100,000 rupee each. Now, like I said, I determined in my heart what I'd already was willing to pay. So very quickly, and without really registering what he was saying, I said, no, I want to pay 110,000 rupee each. And he was like, okay. <laughs> I was in that moment that I realised I'm probably the only person who has ever haggled someone up or him up. And I walked away feeling so embarrassed. Emil, you would be so disappointed in me. <laughs> it was an embarrassing moment. And... Uh, the people that I was with laughed a lot because I had worked myself up. Money makes us do stupid things, right? Crazy things. When we think about money today, though, as we are talking in this room and online, I want to expand our notion of it being just cash in the bank. Money represents so much more in society today. The world equates things like security, comfort, status, desire and materiality, achievement and success all to money, how much we have or how much we don't have. For some, it's a method of control over our lives. For others, it's a sense of freedom to do what we want. If you're writing notes this morning, which I really hope some of you are because it's a great way to be able to recall and to come back and revisit some of these things, but I want you to write down this. Security in Jesus is better than security in money. That's the basic premise for today's message. Security in Jesus is better or superior to security in money. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the innate ability to trust that Jesus has got it covered, no matter what, and that we can be confident and secure and at peace with that understanding. So, given there's so many references to money in the Bible, it might be a good place for us to go, right? So, I think we should start there. And let's look at one of the things that Jesus says about money in the Gospels from Matthew 
Chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. It's one we've all heard. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Jesus is clever, right? He uses money as a tool in this instance to show us what we have made our priority. Our budget, which we have, you know, happening in our week to week, our bank transactions and the way that we manage our money tells us the truth about what we prioritise, about what we think is important in life. If you look at our current budget, Ben and my current budget, you'll always be able to see what we think is important. We have been ripped off so many, not ripped off financially, I'm getting to there, but we have been ripped off by our friends so many times because we go on holidays and lots of uh, try to go on weekends away and on those sorts of things when we can, but it's important to us. So we actually budget for that every week. That's something that we know we need in our lives. We work really hard and we want a holiday really hard so that we can rest and recuperate and get ready for whatever it is that God's got for us in the next part of our lives. And so that's part of the things that we have determined is really important. So I used to be defensive about it and now I'm like, oh no, it's cool. Yeah, we do holiday well. It's good. Come and talk to me if you want to learn how to holiday well. I can help you. But we put money aside and we prioritise it in our lives. And things like giving is a no-brainer for us. It's the first priority that we have. Our heart reflects this desire to be the generous people who, uh, who value this house of God and all other things that God leads us to give to, like things like compassion. Oh, next week we have a compassion bake sale, by the way. There you go. Compassion bake sale. So bring your cash because it's better than, I mean, Jesus is better than cash. And uh, we're going to have some delicious baked goods. There's lots of people bringing things. So to support our compassion children uh, next week. But others prioritise things differently. And that's okay. That's, you, you and I, we're different people. We prioritise maybe self-education or maybe you prioritise organic food or healthcare or something like that. And sometimes the reality is our circumstances cause us to work out what our priorities are. When Ben was really sick a number of years ago, we had to change our priorities. Holidays weren't budgeted for. Date nights we didn't budget for. Things like that, clothes we didn't budget for. We had enough in our wardrobe. We were fine. But things like groceries, that was what we budgeted for. Paying our bills, absolutely. They they were the things that our circumstances in that moment told us were our priorities. And we had to just trust God with that. Money is a very handy tool. It's not good and it's not bad. It's a thing. It's a thing we use to go about our daily lives. We love to have it, we love to spend it, and we love to give it away, right? But it's not going to last. It's not going to last. Money is just a thing. Money has no power except the power that we give it. So when we choose to place our security in it, we're actually allowing ourselves to trust something that has no substance, that has, has the potential to let us down time and time and time and time again. There are people who have an extraordinary ability to make money 
And that's awesome. That's great. That can be a gift that God puts on people's lives. So we are not here saying today that earning money is a bad thing. No, no. You know, some of those people are instrumental in moving the kingdom of God forward. Making money is not bad, but if it becomes an idol, it can be bad. And that is obsessing over the gift rather than the giver. I saw that in a a, um, comment this week and I was like, that's it. When we obsess over the gift rather than the giver, it becomes an idol and that's when it becomes a problem. And our motivation needs to just be in check about, well, why are we wanting to make money or how are we relying on money? What, What faith are we putting in money? Is that where we're putting our security or are we actually trusting Jesus with all of this? What is our heart posture towards money? When I rely on Jesus for my security in life, he helps me manage my money wisely. And I don't have to worry about it. And nor do I have to worry about all the things that the world tells me that money gives me. If we read from Psalm 39 verse 6 and 7, it says this, We are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. We often put a lot of stock in money. Not in the actual money, perhaps, itself, but in what it can do for us. But at some point, we need to realise that money is not actually what matters. If you're writing notes, here's your next point to write down. Reprioritization is inevitable in the presence of God. Reprioritization is inevitable in the presence of God. Time spent with Jesus will make us reprioritize. Not just money, it'll include finance and material possessions, but everything. Everything will be reprioritized when we spend time with Jesus. I love the story of Zacchaeus. Does anybody else love the story of Zacchaeus? I'm going to read to you this morning, not from that one, from this one. And it's from Luke chapter 19. I'm just going to read to you the story of Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And he was a a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was so short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. I love this story because it's a man who would obviously become very wealthy through perhaps doing things a little bit badly and was obviously not very popular with the people. But one moment 
One moment in the presence of Jesus, just one moment, changed the way he saw what he was doing and changed the way he saw the material possessions that he had. One moment, a man who did everything to get money, all of a sudden wanted to give it all away because he realised that there is more to life than material possessions. He realised that that was not what he needed in his life, just a moment in the presence of God. I don't know that Jesus had to say anything in particular, but just to really spend a moment with him, to spend a moment truly connected with Jesus, he knew that money was not something that was important and that he needed to store up. And just like we saw in Matthew, Zacchaeus realized that material possessions are temporary, but salvation and Jesus are eternal. Right? Salvation and Jesus are eternal. If Jesus showed up at your place tomorrow and said to you, I want you to give away half of your material possessions, half of your money, and I want you to clear up any debt, or anything that you have done wrong, I want you to clear that up four times the amount. I just want, just take a minute and think about that for one moment. If Jesus came, and he didn't say this to Zacchaeus, but if he did, what would you do? How would you feel? Would you be able to do it? Would I be able to do it? I want to be able to say yes. I really do. I want to be able to say yes. Would I know that my security and trust in Jesus was enough to let go of all of that without even having to think twice? That's a challenging question, right? When we spend time with Jesus, when we take time in our days to truly connect with God, I think there's something that automatically becomes a reality, something that automatically begins to happen. And what automatically begins to happen is that we just start to change the way that we think about everything. We start to change the way that we think about money. We start to think about, well, what am, what am I doing in my life that really matters? A moment in his presence, we realise that some of the things that we have made a priority maybe aren't a priority. They may be not worth the attention that we're giving them. They may be not worth the worry and the anxiety that they cause. When our security is on Jesus, is in Jesus, and on the eternal perspective he has, we don't see temporary things the same way. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. What are we storing up? Is it a whole lot of stuff? Or are we allowing the Holy Spirit to give us revelation about these sorts of things? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to change our hearts? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to challenge us where we need challenging about what we have actually made important in the area of finance and money and what we're relying on? Are we surrendering all of that stuff back to the rightful place at the feet of Jesus? Surrender has been such a huge word in my life this whole year. And I just feel like everything comes back to this, this continual surrender of the things that I think are important, this continual surrender of the things that maybe I've made the priority back to Jesus. And you know, sometimes they're really good things. 
My family is a priority in our life. They're a really good thing, but I still surrender them back to the feet of Jesus because I want Jesus' work done in them and on them. I want him to be the person who's directing us and guiding us and leading us. I don't, I, we, Ben and I, that's, you know, he leads us and we lead our kids. But that's surrendered back. And the same with our finances. We need to surrender it back to the feet of Jesus. Because if we truly believe that Jesus is who he said he is and he then we're going to make decisions in the financial area that reflect that because we make decisions in every area that affect, right? If Jesus is our God, if Jesus is our King, if Jesus is our Redeemer, our Saviour, our purpose in life, then our whole lives are going to reflect that. And that includes our material possessions, our money, our bank account. It'll include all of that stuff because Jesus is better than anything that we could ever buy. Anything that we could ever have that money can give us, we know that Jesus is way better and our reliance on him is what we need to go for. We don't need to gather more things on earth, but we will then invest in the things that have eternal value, knowing that he works for the good of every person who gives their heart to him. He, we know that. In our minds, we know that. We know he, he does that. It's the truth of the word of God. It is his truth. If we make money, then we know we can trust him to direct us in the way to spend it. And if we don't have a lot of money, we can trust that he will provide our every material need while we continue to honour God daily with our lives. Jesus is more trustworthy than any bank. I am not saying take your money out of the bank and put it under your pillow. That's not what I am saying. But we do put a lot of trust in our banks, right? We expect that money we put in there is going to come. Well, Jesus is better than that. Jesus is way better than that. Money is a thing. I will reiterate this again. It is useful and helpful, but it's a thing. When we are insecure, when we don't have money, or even at the thought of not having money or material things that we think we need in this world, we're placing higher value in security on those, of those things than on Jesus himself. Do we really trust him with everything? I have this weird in-between thing happening. When Ben was really unwell, like I said before, unable to work, we had very little, but it's very easy to trust God when you've got really li very little because I had no choice. It was trust God or like curl up in a ball and you know, in the catatonic state or something. <laughs> and when you've got abundance, it's quite easy to trust him too, right? Because you've got everything you need. So I find that when we're in abundance, it's quite easy to say, oh, I trust God. And if we're in lack, it's actually quite easy to say that I trust God too. But for most of us, we probably sit in that in-between state. It's the in-between where, oh, you know, yeah, most weeks we're okay, but some weeks we're not okay. And, uh, it's, it's a bit of a struggle sometimes. It's kind of like we can balance the budget, but if something comes along unexpected that sort of comes from left field, it sends us into a spin. It sends us into this, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I've got no money. There's no money in the bank. There's no money. <sighs> I don't know where the money is going to come from to pay that bill. <sighs> and you just can't work it out. 
because it's in that middle state. But you know what? Our Jesus hasn't changed. He didn't change. Lack, abundance, or in between, he's still the same. We can still trust him all the time with everything. He is our constant. That's why he is so secure. He is our constant. He is who we put our faith in. He is who is going to come through for us every single time. The scriptures tell us that he will make a way. Not that we will make a way. He will supply our every need. He will supply our every need. Yeah, sure. We don't sit back and just, okay, God, yep, I need 100 bucks. Waiting. You said you'd supply my every need. I need 100 bucks. Still waiting. Okay, yep, yep. I know your timing, your timing. Still waiting. That's not how it works. We stand up, we get have our gaze firmly fixed on Jesus and we look for the opportunities that God has put before us. We stand up and we trust him that he's going to make us walk in the right direction to be able to supply our every need and sometimes it will come in a miracle form. We have been there. It comes sometimes that way but sometimes it comes through an opportunity to do some extra work or an opportunity to, you know, help somebody out and they bless you financially. Great. Whatever it is, but we're keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That sounds like a great place to put my security. Rather than a fluctuating world where one day I might have a job and then a pandemic hits and I don't have a job the next day. I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. If we place our security in money or even the ability to earn money and the things that it provides, we will be disappointed at some point. But when we place our security, trust and hope in the one who is eternal, we know that it will stand the test of time and we'll be able to navigate any changing circumstance that comes our way. Our security is in the eternal, the one who is forever. You know, I think we probably know deep down what really matters, even if sometimes we might forget when that really awesome thing comes up that we want to buy, like that new pair of black boots that I saw the other day in the shop that I really want to buy, but I'm not going to buy because I don't really need them. I have a pair of black boots. (laughs) But our hearts will tell us. When we are fully surrendered to Jesus... Our lives are not compartmentalised into things that we do with Jesus and things that we don't. We do everything with Jesus. The comfort we find in having all the mod comms in life are a far poorer substitute than the comfort of knowing that Jesus has redeemed us, set us free, given us the strength and wisdom and grace to live through and thrive through any illness, circumstance, financial downturn, pandemic or natural disaster. That's the truth. It's the truth we live by. And the treasure that we store up in the heavenly realms is worth more to us than anything we could ever have here and now, right? If I can get the team to come back out. So what does that mean? What does that mean for you? I want to ask you a couple of questions. First, what is your relationship with money and material things? I can't answer that for you. You'll need to have a think about that yourself. 
Do you have a healthy perspective, one that's founded in trusting God through it all and allowing him to direct the way that you invest in the things around you? And when I say invest, I don't just mean an investment property or an investment in a, um, a bank thing. What are they called? Like, you know, a bank, whatever. That'll do. I'm not just talking about an investment like that. I'm talking about the investment of the people around you or the organisations around you or the community. Do you just want more? Do you spend all your time working out ways to make money, giving more attention to that than on your walk with Jesus? Do you care more about the here and now than the eternal things? When it boils down to it, and we're really honest, some of us probably do care more about the stuff that's here now than eternity. Because it's here and now. We can see it. Eternity takes faith. Do you worry and fear about not having money or feel like it is a constant battle for you to be at peace whether you have abundance or lack or in between? I've been there. It's not a, not a great place to live. It's a hard place to live. I don't know where you are at today, but Jesus does. And maybe something that I have said has caused you to stop and think about the relationship that you have with money and material things and all of those things that it provides, security, comfort, status, success. But there are a few things that I really want to give you an opportunity to respond to this morning. So we're going to sing in a minute. But I just want you to have a think about if one of these things relates to you, then I'm going to give you an opportunity to come down the front. And we've got somebody who can stand with you and pray with you. And this is not a moment to be embarrassed or feel condemned or judged or anything like that. This is just a moment for you to get your priorities right again. Or maybe it's just a moment for you to just surrender afresh. You might not need anyone to pray for you, but you might just want to come down and use this as an altar to be able to surrender these things afresh to Jesus today. You know, we don't need to be anxious for anything. The Bible tells us don't worry about tomorrow. But today there are some people sitting in this room who have that constant battle with worry when it comes to finance. I've been there and it is debilitating. But today I'm here to remind you that Jesus is better and more trustworthy in this area than you can possibly imagine. And if that's you, if you feel like you are battling with anxiety and worry around the area of money, then I want you to come and respond in a moment. There are others who have, if you're really honest, put too much stock in the material things of life. Again, it's not a moment of condemnation, but it's a moment of re-consecration of that area to Jesus so you can be guided and directed in the decisions that you're making and the material things that you desire. And for others, you've realised that your priorities are skewed and need a little shake-up. God is speaking to you about what this might look like. Perhaps it's giving as a priority in your life. Perhaps you are being stirred to give to vision or missions or being consistent in 
the tithe or perhaps it's being more generous to the people in your world or maybe God is challenging you in some other way to reprioritize what you do with your finances week to week maybe you're putting too much into a particular thing and not enough into something else